Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Are you a lifelong fan of General Hospital? Are you a new fan who wants to know more about the history of the show? Do you enjoy talking about the show with others? Do you find yourself yelling at the TV? Is your self-care an hour a day in Port Charles? If so, we invite you to join hosts Amanda Kimmel and Shannon Coach at the place where all the hidden conversations take place and secrets are revealed. Meet us at Pier 54, a General Hospital fan podcast. Hi. Hi. Welcome to the Port Charles 411, all about the six personalities of Michael Easton, because he has played some characters. It was all over the place. All over the place. I, I felt like I didn't even know what I was watching at some point. It was so confusing. Well, and where we're doing the recap with well, General Hospital showing the nurses' balls right now, his different characters are going to be in them, primarily Silas and right. Finn. But it was still, if you just started watching since 2016, when Finn started, you're like, wait, what? Silas? What? Who is that? Right. And then if you go online and Google, you're just like, what am I reading? <laughs> so we're going to tell you. Because it's all insane. So we divided up characters. So... He played four characters, but had six personalities. Right. And Amanda's going to get us started. Okay, so I'm going to start with John McBain. But if you watch Poor Charles, you know that Caleb actually came first. Mm -hmm. But we're just following General Hospital world right now, not Poor Charles world. So I'll stick with John McBain, and then Caleb plays into that. And eventually we are going to watch Poor Charles, because yes. now I need to know all this extra information about these vampires that we just have heard of here or there. So John McBain actually started in Landview on One Life to Live. Mm -hmm. He comes to Port Charles to arrest Todd, who is the actor that now plays Franco, if you want to be real confused when I watch the old reruns, comes to Port Charles to arrest Todd for jumping bail for the murder of Victor, who again was a character from One Life to Live, and bring him back to Landview to stand trial. After bringing Todd back to Landview, John returns to Port Charles to begin his vendetta against Sonny Corinthos. He thinks that Sonny killed his sister. Yes. So he is 
all about he's going to arrest Sonny and take him down. He also happens to know Anna from back in the day, Mm -hmm. which this is whenever Anna and Luke were together. And those scenes were really weird, too, because I did not like the two of them together. They did not feel like they were supposed to be together. So it was weird seeing Bane and Anna talk and trying to remember that he was still McBain, not Finn. And then having Luke burst in on them, like, what's going on? Mm -hmm. Like he had a right to ask those questions. It's very weird. Um, He teams up with Anna to bring down Sonny for causing his sister Teresa's death. While in town, he begins to bond with Sam Morgan. And they hinted on the whole Port Charles vampire stuff because they kept saying that Sam and him had this connection and they couldn't explain where it came from, but they felt like they had met before. And so they kind of danced around it to, you know, play that mind game with you if you had watched Port Charles. But again, I didn't. See, I didn't know that when McBain came over. I didn't know because like I never even paid attention to Port Charles at all. So I had no idea that. And I mean, I just don't read the soap books. I used to read the soap books. I read them when I was younger too, but, but yeah, not, not. Well, they got so expensive. <laughs> right. Buy them. And by, by that time we had kids, we needed to spend our $6 on a diapers. Thing of diapers yep. instead of magazines. But anyway, yes. But watching it. so much sense now. Yes. Watching it now that we know all that, I'm like, oh, okay, that's funny. That's cute the way they did that. So anyway. So because Sam feels like she knows McBain, she tells him all about the fact that she's not sure who the paternity of her baby is because this was after Franco had put the clothes over the camera so you couldn't tell if he had raped her or not. And that was James Franco Franco. Yes. Such good storylines then. So Sam's pregnant. She doesn't know who her baby daddy is. She doesn't want to tell Jason that it could be Franco. She doesn't want to set him off with that because at that point in time, Jason didn't know that him and Franco were twin brothers and you could get lost in that rabbit hole for days and days, but that's why McBain and Sam ended up being such good friends is that she had confided in him. And because he had connections to all the police stuff, he was able to get a sample of Franco's DNA so they could run a paternity test on the down low because that happens all the time. Always. Always. I'm trying to just hit on like the main points because there's, I could have watched for weeks, I swear. Mm-hmm. Um, John does have a wife in Landview, Natalie, and there is conversations back and forth about like him going back there and he has a child there and he misses them. That whole like crossover never happens. He continues getting close to Sam the entire time. Um, I didn't think they were divorced. I didn't think they were still married or were they estranged? I think they were estranged, but they were, because he would call to talk to his child, but then he would talk to Natalie also. And it kept saying that him being in Port Charles was putting more of a strain on their relationship. So I think Because I did not go back and watch your stuff, even though I want to, and I'm going to now. (laughs) Even though you want to now, yes. I hardly had time to watch, I didn't even finish all of mine, just because Right. so much. No, there was so much. Yeah. Same thing. Yay, YouTube. Yes, exactly. I watched it, and then I was like, I'm watching whole episodes instead of getting to the main point. Or even though it was supposed to be about McBain, they would have other Mm storylines cutting into it, and I was getting all caught up in that. So anyway, McBain is friends with Sam. Sam gets the DNA test. At first, it says that Franco is the baby daddy, and then it turns out that Heather Weber had played into changing the DNA paternity results. So we get to see her again because eventually Sam has the baby. John delivers the baby. As I was reading the storyline, it made me think of the whole Wiley situation. Sam has her baby. John goes to get help. Jason's people beat him up because they're mad that he's hanging out with Sam. 
And in the meantime, Todd's, Todd Manning is in Port Charles at that time. Mm-hmm. And he switches out the babies and gives the dead baby to Sam or leaves the dead baby for Sam and then gives the other baby to Taya, which I loved her. I wish they would have kept her. Did you watch any nope, of that thing? I did not oh, watch. Oh, man. She was great. Well, I mean, I watched the General Hospital Yeah, but you part, had to, like, I didn't see watch the, yes. the back and forth. No. Yes. Um, the only soap that I have ever consistently watched is General Hospital. When they were doing these crossovers, you were good to just stick with General Hospital. I, I, again, I had a one like to live background, so I knew mm-hmm. some of the characters. And that's why you got McBain. There you go. That works. Don't you hate when you're listening to a great podcast and suddenly you're interrupted by an ad? I know. Thank goodness Stitcher lets us listen to our favorite podcasts like Conan O'Brien Needs a Friend, My Favorite Murder, and many more ad-free for only $4.99 a month or $34.99 a year. Go to stitcher.com slash premium to sign up today. Use promo code PEER54 for one month free on us. Okay, so finally, Jason tells everyone that Heather was the one who switched the babies and John suspects that Todd was involved with the switch because he was with Taya that night. John travels to Landview to get the DNA sample from Victor, who was Taya's son and hands it over to Jason. That was then ended up being Danny. The DNA results come back and Jason tells John that the baby is not Sam's. And that was the beginning of Heather switching everything. John and Sam end up alone at Alexis's house and nearly take the next step, but Sam stops the interaction. Afterwards, John gets a call from Jason, who tells him he was given the wrong results, and Taya's son is Sam's baby. (gasps) Aren't you shocked? (laughs) John leaves to go tell Taya, but before he can, Taya realizes her son and nanny are gone. When Taya tells him that her nanny's name is Susan Moore, dun, dun, dun. John figures out the woman is actually Heather Weber, who has kidnapped the baby. He lets Jason know and returns to Port Charles to let Anna know that he has found out. He also confronts Todd about his involvement, but Todd denies it, and John tells him that Heather has now kidnapped the baby. John goes back to Anna sharing his suspicions, that they and they have Claude's phone tap. Heather contacts Todd, and John and Anna head to the motel where she has called from trying to find her. She's gone, but they realize she's coming back. Todd comes to the motel with Taya, claiming he got a call from his PI. However, John and Anna punch holes in his story, making Taya question Todd. John is about to tell Taya the truth, but Anna interrupts, saying that Heather is holding the baby hostage on the roof of General Hospital. John, Anna, Todd, and Taya arrive at the hospital, where they find out Sam and Jason are on the roof with Heather. Taya tries to head to the roof, but John stops her. Anna calls to Heather, saying the police have surrounded the hospital and telling her to surrender Heather, becomes unhinged and jumps from the roof. You don't watch that either? Because you weren't watching that then. That's so sad. No, she, I watched she, all of this when it happened. Oh, okay. But I did not go back and watch. Oh, oh, okay. Yeah. I thought you were saying you didn't no, watch. No, 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 no. For can't. this research, I did not go back okay. and watch any of your stuff. You can't forget Heather jumping off the roof of the no. hospital because that was insane. Um, the baby is saved by Jason. Jason goes to the roof after and accompanies Sam. Jason and the baby into the hospital. And when Taya comes and tries to take her son back, John stops her and tells her, Todd explains that he switched them at birth with Sam's and that that her baby, Taya's baby, had never made it. Taya doesn't believe him, but when John shows the DNA test and shares the baby who died had hemophilia, a condition that runs in Taya's family, she finally accepts the truth. He consoles Taya afterwards and is intent on making Todd pay. Todd is arrested, but his lawyers get him released on lack of evidence. 
John goes over to tell Jason and Todd to tell Jason about Todd being released and instead finds Sam and her son Danny. Sam says she has decided to stay with Jason, and John accepts. Meanwhile, Jason is presumed dead in a shootout involving Joe, Bernie Abrams, and Duke Lavery. John comes and tells Anna that he's that her recently returned husband, Duke Lavery, is actually Faison, the career criminal obsessed with Anna. John gets Robert out of prison after getting proof that Faison is alive, and he and Robert head to Switzerland, where, in quotation marks, Duke and Anna went. The two get to the clinic, where they question Dr. Obrecht and realize she's working with, quote-unquote, Duke. Dante contacts John to tell him the hotel Anna is at, and he and Robert head there, exposing Duke is Faison, and John goes with Interpol, who takes him into custody. Then he comes back in January of 2013, to tell Sam about what he found out in Switzerland and reveal that Faison was the one who shot Jason and pushed him into the harbor, watching him sink. He helps Sam realize that Jason is gone and is never coming back, and later they tell Monica, um, Sam's mother-in-law, about what happened to Jason. This is where it switches for the brief time to Caleb comes into it, which is really funny scenes. You definitely have to watch that. Lucy walks into the diner and sees John with Danny because Sam had to go use the restroom and she starts freaking out about how that's Caleb and he's going to steal this baby and Sam comes walking out and she starts screaming at her about Livy you need to get away from him he's going to steal your soul and why would you leave your baby with him and the whole time everyone in the diner of course is like what are you talking about this is John McBain why are you being insane? And she goes on to tell the whole story of, you know, he's a vampire and she's a vampire slayer. She breaks a chair. She stabs it into his chest. Then they arrest her and she goes to trial for hurting him or not trial for like the arraignment for hurting him. And he walks into the courtroom because he's there for all the Todd Manning stuff. And she freaks out in the courtroom about him being a vampire. So she gets thrown in Ferncliff because obviously everyone thinks that she's insane. And oh, Lucy. Yes. Yes. And watch that when it was on. Just not. It was so funny to see it again, especially because they don't make her quite as crazy nowadays. Yeah. And when she walked in and like started ranting, you were just like, oh my, Lucy's I mean, she has her quirks, but... Yeah, just not the same. I can tell you that there is something similar in mine also. Oh, okay. Great. So that scene happens. And then soon after, another woman shows up named Allison Barrington who also calls John Caleb. She mistakes Sam for Livy also and says that her and her son are in danger from Caleb. John is surprised when he finds no record of Allison ever having a son, so Sam goes to Ferncliff to see if Lucy sent Allison to back up her story. John gets a call from Allison telling him to meet her at Pier 52. John shows up and finds Allison's dead body instead. Her son, Rafe, is next to her with the murder weapon. Which that was interesting too because that was whenever then TJ and Molly were having some issues because Rafe was hanging around and mm-hmm. it was cute to remember that they weren't always the perfect couple. Cause sometimes they seem kind of boring. So this was a good, you know, thing to mess up Shook the relationship up. a little bit. Yeah. Um, John arrests him and he's taken into custody. Sam comes back and tells John that Lucy said that Caleb was actually Rafe's father, not Allison's husband, Rafe Kovich. John finds out that Rafe claimed that he didn't kill Allison, but that John did. When the murder weapon is processed, they find Allison and Rafe's prints on it, along with a partial that could possibly belong to John. 
John then finds out that Heather, Lucy, and Todd all escaped from Ferncliff and has to juggle both cases. He goes to Rafe's cell trying to prove his innocence and see if Rafe remembers anything about his mother's killer. Rafe is initially reluctant, but then reveals that he remembers a distinctive ring on the killer's finger. John then leaves. John shows up at the police station while Dante and Anna are investigating Rafe's disappearance. So it shows John go to talk to Rafe. Rafe doesn't want to talk to him, and then he coerces him to talk. He tells him about this special ring that John, he thinks, was John was wearing whenever his mother was killed, and so John leaves. Well, then they have video footage of this person that looks just like John Mm -hmm. getting Rafe out of the cell and taking an officer with him, And down at the pier, this officer has Rafe reenact what had happened and who he thinks is John McBain ends up killing this officer. And Sabrina comes along and finds him standing over the dead body and or the dying body and is like, oh, no, call 911. What's going on? Blah, blah, blah. And he disappears. So then it's back and forth of, you know, is John McBain actually Caleb? Does Caleb exist? This is all crazy. It was insane. So John shows up to the police station while Dante and Anna are investigating Rafe's disappearance because, again, he was in the jail cell and now suddenly is not. John is shocked when he finds out that they have him on surveillance taking Rafe out of his cell and taking the murder weapon from the evidence room. Dante tells him that Rafe and John left with another officer named Bud Carlson and then they find his dead body on the pier and Sabrina, you know, says that she saw that it was John who was with the body and then he walked away and that was it. So Anna is forced to arrest John and put him in lockup. When, while John is in lockup, Sam comes by, asks where he was when Rafe escaped from lockup. John says that he was at the Port Charles University talking to a professor named Jay Mosser about the ring Rafe saw on the killer's finger. Sam heads over to PCU and guess what? What? The professor is dead. Because (gasps) Caleb, I know, I know you didn't see that coming, because Caleb has showed up in the meantime and killed him because he had too much information about vampires and all of that. So Sam heads to PCU to get John's alibi, while Alexis comes in to build John's case. Lucy's arrested again, and John insists on talking to her alone. Lucy still believes that he's Caleb, but John insists he's not, though he does believe that Caleb exists and is trying to get Lucy and John out of the picture to get what he wants. Lucy starts to believe that Caleb and John might be two different people. She shares that Caleb wants two things, Rafe and Livy, who looks just like Sam. John finds out that Professor Moser was also killed, but Anna realizes it couldn't have been John because he was in lockup at the time of death. (gasps) Meanwhile, Todd is recaptured and brought to the police station. However, he claims that he saw John strangle Heather and throw her into the harbor at Pier 52, then try to kidnap Danny. Todd says he was trying to save Danny when Anna and Sam showed up and took Danny back. When John hears this, he realizes it was Caleb because he was at the police station when this happened. Rafe is recaptured as well and brought to lockup. While Todd, John, and Rafe are in police lockup, they compare their stories. Rafe starts to believe John when he says that Caleb exists and is actually committing the crimes. Todd reveals that when Caleb was trying to strangle Heather, He said that he was going to use Danny to get to his mother. John realizes that Caleb thinks Sam is Libby and his target is actually Sam, not Danny. Before he can tell Anna, she comes in and tells him that Sam and Danny are missing. John is desperate to get out in order to save Sam and Danny. 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 (laughs) Sam and Danny? That's a good name. John is desperate to get out in order to save Sam and Danny. 
Sam's sister, Molly Lansing, comes in trying to break Rafe out on Lucy's orders. John realizes what she's doing and convinces Molly to let him get her out too so that they can find Sam and Danny. Lucy causes, causes the fire alarm to be set off and Molly is able to let John and Rafe go out of their cells while Lucy escapes from the distracted officers. John, Lucy, and Rafe go to PCU and find information about Caleb. His real name is Stephen Clay. He used to be a rock singer who went insane after the death of his wife, Livy Lock Clay. He started to believe he was an actual vampire and went on a killing rampage, killing seven people. Stefan was locked up but escaped from the sanitarium in 2011. He's fixated on finding his dead wife again. Livy is a dead ringer for Sam, and John realizes Stefan believes Sam is Livy, which is why he kidnapped her. Stephen. Stephen, sorry. Lucy mentioned a dream she had about Caleb, and John deduces that Stephen has taken Sam and Danny to Windermere. The three head to Windermere, where they find Danny alone but safe. Stephen Clay and Sam were there not long before, and John realizes they went into the tunnels. John and Lucy head to the tunnels while Rafe watches Danny. John finds Stephen and Sam, who has a bite mark on her neck. John tries to stop Stephen, only to be overpowered and tied up. Lucy then shows up and tries to kill him, but she is also overpowered. However, she's able to distract Stephen long enough for John to get free, he kills Stephen when Sam distracts him by calling Stephen Caleb. Caleb is thought to be dead, but his ring lights up, signaling a possibility that he could come back. That has not happened in years to follow. <clears throat> John, Lucy, and Rafe are taken back to PCPD and held in the interrogation room while Mayor Lormax, Anna, and District Attorney Martinez discuss their course of action. Okay, so John's released then because obviously he wasn't the one that killed everyone. He wants to take custody of Rafe, but they won't allow him to do that. There's a little bit of him and Sam, like they're going to hook up or whatever. But before it goes any further, Sam stops it. And on March 20th, John learns that the FBI has an assignment and he must leave Port Charles for a while. So that didn't hit on the fact that beforehand, when he was in Port Charles, he had the personality of Michael the priest. But I don't know. I don't know what he did as the priest because that I was don't all know in either. Port Charles. Yeah. But so, we just know that he was Father Michael Father Morley. Father Michael Morley, yeah. An alter ego, alter ego of Caleb and that he was presented to keep Caleb out. Like he was, that was who he was trying to be instead of being Caleb the vampire. So it's like he had the good, evil, and then the... Right. It's like when you see the cartoon with the little angel and the little devil and then the person. <laughs> That's think, what he had. I don't think the people name them, though, like that. This is my good devil. This is my bad. Yeah. don't think it works that way. But so when John left, that's because of the One Life to Live lawsuit. Yes. But when was that? March? Mm-hmm. So you might have noticed that we only covered McBain and Caleb in today's episode. Our research was much more in-depth than we had originally realized, so we decided to cut this segment into two parts. So please join us next week as we discuss Silas Slay and Hamilton Finn. So have a good weekend. And we'll meet you at the pier. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed today's show, we invite you to go to pier54podcast.com to subscribe on your favorite platform. Don't forget to leave us a review. And you can also follow us on many social media channels. Just search for Pier 54 Podcast. Also, we are not perfect. So if there is something that we missed or messed up, just let us know by emailing us at pier54podcast at gmail.com. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 